Good morning, everyone. And good morning to those who are watching online. And if you're watching online, write in the comments that you're joining us so we know who is with us. And look what is... so we know who is with us. Um, and I also want to point out, we have somebody here that went to Mid-South all day. Mid-South starts at 8 with the bands, and it goes until like midnight. Allie Haller did that and, and still came to church. So if you know the Haller parents, please tell them to take her to a really special lunch today. Um, the youth are having a huge party this Wednesday out in the green space. We're going to celebrate UMYF. And Fall Fest is coming up October 19th. And all the way from Gadsden, we have Catherine to make an announcement about Fall Fest, the best event in the world. All right, good morning. My name is Catherine Barnes. Um, I'm the director of children's ministries here. I just wanted to come and mention about Fall Fest that's coming up on October 19th. It's gonna be on a Wednesday here at the church. And we need a few things. We need people, we need uh, volunteers, we need candy, we need um, greeters, and um, we need little Debbie snack cakes. But above all else, we really need volunteers and people to come help. We want it to be a big event. We want to invite our church family and our friends and um, um, everybody that goes, that comes here and, you know, your family. And we really need you guys to come out and volunteer for things. Um, we have games, we have inflatables, we'll have um, trunk or treat tables. Um, it's kind of like last year where we did the trunk or treats out of our trunk, but this year it'll be at a table. So um, I just can't stress it enough. We need volunteers and candy and little Debbies, and we have a table right outside here in the hallway um, if you want to check it out and see the things that we need. And if you have any questions, I'm here. You can come find me or um, you can shoot me a text or call me here at the church. All right, thank you. All right, I have a few more announcements. October 16th is Blessing of the Animals. So at 10 o'clock, you can bring your crazy animals from home to church. What better than that in the green space? And Pastor Sam, if there's any snakes, you can bless them because I will not. I will take dogs and cats um, and hamsters or any other strange animals people bring. Brunch Club is back October 9th. And Jay, are you at the back 40? Yes, we are. And that is for... Uh, our young families or people young at heart. So I think everybody here, everybody here is young at heart. Everybody. Everybody's welcome. So that's um, going to be awesome on the 9th. Um, our mission focus this month is the Etowah Free Clinic. There's red buckets at the entrances. They're collecting things like toilet paper, paper towels, copy paper. So if you want to help with the Etowah Free Clinic, you can do that. Um, as you know, our church vote is coming up. Tomorrow is your last chance to hear speakers for and against leaving the United Methodist Church. Uh, that's for our members. And that'll be uh, from 6 to 8, Reverend Harvey Beck will be speaking about leaving the United Methodist Church and Kevin Thomas on remaining United Methodist. So that's tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Uh, and then Tuesday is our church vote from 6 to 6.30. And again, that is for our members. Um, but you can come at 5.45. I think they're opening a little early. So that's good. And I want to show you all a little video of our awesome youth who went to Camp Lee. And it's going to magically appear. Oh, there it goes.
All right, let's give that a hand. It's great to see everybody this morning. If you would stand and sing with us as we enter into worship. Of my enemies, 
All right, good morning. You may be seated, and um, Miss Catherine is going to take our children to Children's Church right now. We come to the time where we, we share our resources, and, uh, and we give thanks for what God has given to us. I want to just say a word about how awesome it is that we can have a slideshow about the youth trip. You know how many churches just wish they had a youth group that could do some cool stuff like that? A bunch of them, I'm telling you. We've got a great children's ministry, a great youth ministry, and none of that's possible without your support and your, your parents' um, parental support and volunteers and all of that. So we thank you so much for that. I see um, passing the attendance pads we brought those back out we put them away back during COVID and this is just a way for us to get some information about you if you had a change of address if we don't have your address or a different phone number or things like that and you can also look and see who's on the the row worshiping with you today is helpful for for all of us uh pastor Andy was making announcements earlier I just want to say one more thing I don't even know if this is an announcement but did you see our our brass doors I mean, I want to thank the trustees and and, uh, Matthew Vance, our building supervisor, and and all of that. The the guys that worked on that for about like four days, they're they're really shiny again. And they open so easily, they just like grease the hinges or something. Anyway, I don't know what they did, but looks good. So, yay. Yeah. All right, let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for every good and perfect thing that you send our way. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the fall of the year, which reminds us that sometimes it's time to let go. Sometimes it's time to just stop and look at the beauty of nature around us. Sometimes seasons change and we need to change too. So God, help us to to just listen to how you speak to us all around us. And help us to share, Lord. Uh, share generously our time and our prayers and our presence and our gifts to support the ministries of the church that is trying to glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
If you love and appreciate our praise band, will you say amen? Uh, just making sure I'm not the only one. I just, I just love hearing them singing. Um, we're talking about Mid-South and everything. I was thinking about the first time I ever heard Kaylin sing. She was dressed up like Lady Gaga. You have to ask her about that. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. No, I, I, I want to welcome you. If you're worshiping my live stream today and you're sitting on a beach somewhere... I'm just a little bit jealous, but hello to you anyway, and welcome. Uh, I'm glad that you're worshiping with us. It's good to be connected to you in that way. I'm glad we can do that. Our scripture today is 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 19. I invite you to follow along. The words will be up on the screen for you, or you can um, choose your favorite way to follow along in your Bible. Of course, there's great gain and godliness combined with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world so that we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains but as for you, man of God, shun these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, love, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called and for which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession. I charge you. To keep the commandment without spot or blame until the manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Which he will bring about at the right time. He who is blessed by only sovereign and only, so and only sovereign. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. It is he alone who has immortality and dwells in unapproachable light. Whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. As for those who are in this present age or rich, command them not to be haughty or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share, thus storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of the life that really is life. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
there were some things that I heard so much growing up from so many good church people that I just knew that they were actually in the Bible, only to find out later that they, they really weren't in there. So I want to see if maybe you were the same way, if maybe you heard some things growing up at, at church and from good, so many good church people that you just assumed that they were in the Bible. So I want you to help me out. I want you, when I call something out, I want you to hold thumbs up if you think it's in the Bible and thumbs down if you think it's just something that you heard that's not actually in the Bible. You ready? Y'all? Okay, let's get going here. I was going to get you to do head, shoulders, knees, and toes, but I don't think I could touch my toes this morning, so I'm not going to do that. So, all right. Ready? God helps those who help themselves. Thumbs up or thumbs down? I know, we've heard it so much, but it's not actually in the Bible. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of stuff in there about personal responsibility and reaping what you sow and all of that, but... God helps those who help themselves. That's not there. That's not there. In fact, Romans 5, 6 says, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at the right time and died for us sinners. So thank God that God does for us what we can't do for ourselves. But look, still, you know, you reap what you sow. God does for us what we can't do for ourselves. And I'm thankful. Here's another one. Ready? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Um... Love the sinner and hate the sin. In, out, out. Yeah, yeah, it's not in there. That's not in the Bible either. I, I, so where did it come from? Where did these sayings come from? This one came actually as a combination from St. Augustine and Mahatma Gandhi. And I don't know. It became very popular, and it, but it's not packaged in the Bible, not that way. Jesus said about judging other people's sins, he said, do not judge, that you be not judged, for with the judgment that you make, you will be judged, and when the measure that you give out will be the measure you get. And why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye and don't notice the log in your own eye? Um, or how can you say to your neighbor, let me take that speck out of your eye while the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your eye, and then you can see clearly to stake the speck out of your neighbor's eye. Oh, yeah, we do that. We, and I don't say y'all do that. I say we do that. Yeah, we know that judging another person's sins is not our job description, right? Two, two big reasons for that. One is um, we're not qualified. Only God sees a person's heart, right? Only God knows a person's whole story and their motives. And second, and most importantly, the job of judge has already been taken by Jesus Christ, the only righteous judge, the only sinless one. So, I know it feels good to hate somebody else's sins. It feels, but it feels really bad to be on the receiving end of that, doesn't it? You ever had somebody just be real judgy on you? Am I the only one? Are you all awake this morning? Um, it feels really bad when somebody's turning that on you. I, I mean, it's pretty clear that we have, from all the denominations we have, that, that people read the Bible differently. People have different ideas of what's sinful and what's not. For some people, drinking wine is cool. Fine with them. For some people, no, you can't do that. It's a sin. For some people, wearing pants, women wearing pants is cool, um, and, and for some people, it's not. I was told in time that, that um, you know, my wife was going to hell because she was wearing pants, and, and I said, well, she's wearing pants because she didn't shave her legs this morning. I mean, I mean come on. Um, I've been to just about every kind of church you can think of over the years. I promise you, there's not a church that, besides a snake handling church, which I'm hoping somebody brings a snake to the blessing of the animals so I can say I've been to a snake handling church. But I've been to just about every kind of church growing up that you can think of. I've heard it said just about every way you can say it. When I was growing up, um, I would go to a particular church on a Sunday night because our little United Methodist Church didn't have services on Sunday night. Okay. The real reason was I had a crush on a girl that was going to that church. I'm just being honest with you. Might as well be honest. 
Oh, like you've never gone to church because you had a crush on somebody. Don't be, don't be like that with me. Um, so a bunch of us teenage boys, would, uh, we'd show up church on Sunday night, man. And we would sit on that back row back there, far away as we could get from the preacher. And this church was a church that would tell us coming in the door how much they loved us and how glad they were we were there. And then the preacher would proceed to get up and tell all of us teenagers on the back row that all of us Methodists and all of us Baptists were going straight to hell because we had pianos and organs in our churches and because Methodists baptized folks in the wrong way and that that particular church's way of reading the Bible was the only way to read it because they were the church and all the rest of us were just pretenders and all of this kind of stuff. He'd go on and on like that and then, and then he would stop and he'd say, but I'm just speaking the truth in love. Love the sinner and hate the sin. And I would think, yeah, how about you hate your own sin, Hoss, and leave us Methodists alone? You know, um, I didn't say that. Uh, you know, I would say that now. I didn't say that when I was a teenager. Well, speaking of Methodists, do you know what John Wesley said about judging other people's sins? He said, we should be rigorous in judging ourselves and gracious in judging others. That's a pretty good idea. All right, so a couple more examples from 1 Timothy that we read this morning. Um, I'm going to see. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Y'all are doing pretty good so far, by the way. Um, okay, thumbs up if it's in the Bible. Thumbs down if it's not. You can't take it with you when you go. I know. It's in there. It's in there. We just read it. It, we just read, First Timothy 6, 7 says, You didn't bring any money with you when you came in this world, and you can't carry a single penny out when you go. My dad used to sing this little song to me growing up. You can't take it with you when you go. And I was, Dad, what are you talking about? And he said, Son, have you ever seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul? And I would say, No, I didn't know what he was talking about. You didn't bring anything into the world. You can't take anything out with you when you go, right? Okay, this is one last one, and this is at the heart of the message today. You ready? Thumbs up if it's in there. Thumbs down if it's not. Money is the root of all evil. Ah, that was a trick question, because it's almost like that in there. It's all, yeah, kind of sideways. It's almost like that. See, the OJs sang this, this song about money being the root of it. You need to listen to that on your Spotify on the way home. Uh, it's a really good song. But 1 Timothy 6 says, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, doesn't it? The love of money. There's a big difference because money by itself is neither good nor bad. It's, it's neutral. It becomes good when it's shared, when we're generous with it. In fact, Paul tells Timothy in verses 18 and 19 that if you share generously... It's like storing up treasure in heaven, uh, storing up a good foundation for the future, and that's good. But money becomes bad and the root of all kinds of evil when it claims our affections, when it, it is, becomes a part of our identity, when we elevate money to a position that belongs only to God and it becomes an idol. And the desire to have more and more and more and more and more causes people to fall into all kinds of temptations, right? To steal and to embezzle and to fraud and to lie and to cheat and to, to hoard it and to neglect those in need and to do things to get it that they otherwise wouldn't do. The gospel reading for this Sunday is, is Luke chapter 16. It's the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And you know the story, rich man is living in splendor and luxury and, and um, feasting sumptuously every day, willfully ignorant, I want to emphasize that, willfully ignorant of Lazarus who lays at his gate, who is starving to death and covered in sores. Uh, the dogs come and try to help him and lick his sores and different things, which is kind of gross. But to me, it only proves that dogs are better than humans anyway. That's my theory, and I'm sticking with it. But actually, the dogs showed greater compassion than the rich man did, didn't they? 
Well, the one thing the rich man and Lazarus had in common, this is from Luke 16, is they both were going to die, and you can't take it with you when you go, right? Nope. So what happened when both of those fellows died? What happened? Maybe you know what happened. Maybe you've read the story. Maybe you need to read it again later on today, Luke chapter 16. But it's a reminder for us today, I think, about this. How many people have been plunged into utter destruction and ruin all because they wanted more and more and more and more? We could tell stories about that from our own experience and the experience of people that we know. We could tell stories about that. They make TV shows about it all the time. You could read the headlines this morning before you come to church and you could tell me story after story about people that did awful things because they wanted more and more. How many people have wandered away from the faith because they put their faith in something else instead like possessions or money? Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve both God and money. The love of money and the greed associated with that is the root of all kinds of evil, leaves lives ruined. It's always been that way. You know, it's always been that way because human beings tend to, are tempted to treat eternal things as if they mean nothing and treat temporary things as if they mean everything. The Apostle Paul is writing to his young friend. He's trying to be a good mentor to Timothy. We're studying the book of Acts on, on Wednesdays, and I wish you'd come and join us. We're reading about all these adventures of the early church. And Paul is trying to mentor Timothy. He's a young guy. He needs to know things. He says, Timothy, there's some things that you need to take hold of, man, and there's some things that you need to let go of. And if you get your wires crossed on what you need to take hold of and what you need to let go of, it can, it can be deadly. He says this, let go first, let go of the greed of money and power and hold on to godliness combined with contentment. In verse 6, hold on to godliness combined with contentment the two have to go together you see they go hand in hand godliness and contentment because you know we really shouldn't be content with our lives if our lives are messed up and they're not where they ought to be with God and and we don't have our heart right contentment though when it's combined with godliness when it's combined with piety toward God and can give us a peace that is there regardless of circumstances have you ever seen somebody that's going through terrible circumstances but somehow they had peace in their lives and you're thinking how can they have peace in their lives because they have a contentment that comes from godliness comes from having your heart right with god philippians chapter 4 paul says this about contentment he says i know how to be content i know the secret of being content i know how to have a little bit i know how to have a lot i know how to have have a lot to eat and I know how to be hungry I know how to be in need I know how to have abundance I know the secret and the secret's this the secret is what Tim Tebow used to put on the little eye blacks under his his eyes Philippians 4 13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me right look it's not just about touchdowns it's about being content because your heart is right where it needs to be with God godliness plus contentment hold on to it Hold on to it. With the help of Christ who strengthens us, then we can be at peace whether we have a lot or a little. Let go of greed for more and more. Let go of the idea that the grass is always greener somewhere else. Let go and live with open hands so that you can share and so that you can receive as well. All right, second thing. Hold on to eternal life and let go of lesser things. Hold on to eternal life and let go of lesser things. Eternal has somehow been reduced down to the idea of having our ticket punched for heaven. But eternal, as Paul uses it in 1 Timothy 6, is a quality of life and not an endurance of life necessarily. Some things you don't want to endure forever, right? 
meetings, for instance. You don't want an eternal meeting, right? I think that would look more like hell than heaven. But um, eternal is a quality, a quality. Life is not just the biological life. It's not the, the, the Greek bios that means just a physical life. It's the Greek word zoe, which means spirit life, soul life. Hold on to eternal life, the quality of life that comes from God that begins now and not just when we get to heaven. Hold on to the life that is your, your soul. What does it pro, uh, profit a person if they gain the whole world and they lose their own soul? Hold on to that. Let go of lesser things. We used to sing a hymn growing up, um, hymn number 576. It's still in there if you want to look it up. We don't sing it much anymore. Uh, rise up, O men of God. And when you can also say, rise up, ye saints of God, which is more inclusive. I like it. So it says, rise up, ye saints of God, have done with lesser things. I don't know why. I love the wording of that so much. Rise up, ye saints of God, have done with lesser things. Give heart and mind and soul and strength to serve the King of Kings. Lesser things. Let, let it go. Let it go. Because you know what? The lesser things are the things that are taking up all your time and your attention anyway. <laughs> That's what's keeping you up. You're worried about the lesser things. That's what make, is making you fight. And it's what makes you despise your neighbor. Sometimes it's just the lesser things. You could let go of it. And hold on to eternal life. Third one is this. Let go of evil and hold on to the faith. The root of all kinds of evils, what the love of money is, in verse 10 was talking about evil. We have, I mean, we have all kinds of things that we call evil. This is a really interesting word, though. This is evil that is kind of, um, well, it means to retreat in battle. It, in other words, it means to stop fighting the good fight of faith. Stop actively pursuing goodness is evil. He tells Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Don't retreat into wickedness. Don't retreat into um, giving up, you see. In doing so, you harm yourself, first of all. You harm others because they see you retreating from the good fight of faith. And they think it's okay for them to retreat. It corrupts them. To, to corrupt yourself and to not be satisfied with your own misery but want to pull other people into the misery. That is the persona of Satan. Shun all of this, Paul writes to Timothy. Let it go. Hold on to righteousness and godliness and faith and love and endurance and gentleness. And said, don't retreat from loving God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Don't retreat from loving your neighbor as yourself. To do that, to give up on that fight, is to hurt yourself and to hurt others. It's really the highway to hell. To retreat from fighting the good fight of faith is the highway to hell. So how do we make sure that we're holding on to the good things and we're letting go of the lesser things? How do we make sure we're doing that? Um, I, have, um, I have an app on my phone. I, I, I left my phone in my office, but it's a compass app. It's like the old-fashioned compass, you know. And I, I had it in here Thursday night, so I, I, I know kind of where it is. What you do is you, you turn yourself, holding your compass, until you find true north, right? And... <laughs> Just from Thursday night, I know that true north is about right there, okay? And, and once you find true north, um, you orient yourself around everything else. Y'all know how to use a compass? Did you, were you ever in Cub Scouts? I, I mean, you, but you, have, you can have an app on your phone. It's cool. You, you need to get one. Because you might get lost, like me, um, in Walmart parking lot. But uh, so you find true north, and then you adjust yourself to everything like that. If you're not pointed to true north, then you won't know where east, west, and south are, you see. 
Um, so what, the reason I'm talking about the compass is I think we have to have a compass point uh, about the true north of our lives, of, of our church, of our core values. The true north for our lives, for our, our church, for everything has got to be uh, loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Love is the true north. Um, I'm talking about this for your everyday life. I'm talking about this in, in, in terms of the church conference vote that we have that's coming up Tuesday evening. I, I, I would never tell you how to vote. That is between you and God. But as your pastor, as the one who has been appointed here and ordained here uh, to serve in word and sacrament and order, I will just remind you to let love be your true north. Because God is love, and loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and our neighbor as ourselves, that's true north. Everything else must revolve around that, that true north. Because, you see, if, if fear becomes your true north, if instead of love God and love neighbor, if that is not your true, if instead fear becomes your true north, then all of your decisions will be off, you see. Because perfect love casts out fear. Paul's second letter to Timothy, verse 7 in chapter 1, he says, God has not given you the spirit of fear, Timothy, but of power and love and a sound mind. God has not given you that spirit of fear. Fear is not your true north, Timothy. The love of God in Christ Jesus is. If greed becomes our true north, you know, or if somebody else's ideas or somebody else's bandwagon becomes our true north, we're going to be off in everything we do. My mama used to ask me growing up, if so-and-so went and jumped off the bridge, would you do that too? And the answer was, honestly, yes, I probably would because of uh, that's just the way boys are. But um, let love be your true north. Paul said in Romans 13, 8, Owe no one anything except your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you fulfill the requirements of the law. Let go of lesser things. Hold on to eternal things. Let's pray. Lord, um, fall is a time that reminds us to hold on and to let go. Um, you've given us a good, good life and a bright, bright future for which we're very, very thankful. And God, sometimes we get mixed up. Honest to goodness, sometimes we major on the minor and we forget about what really is eternal. Forgive us and help us to keep the main thing the main thing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As our praise band leads us in our final song, um, I want to invite you to come and pray. Um, and... If there's something that you need to let go of today, let go of it. If there's something that, that you need to take hold of, if something's out of line between you and God, then maybe now's the time to take care of that. If you want to come and, and join this church and become part of our church family, then uh, we, we open those doors to you as we sing this last song too. Will you stand? Show me the love.
Y'all could be seated for a second. Um, I want to um, say something about uh, these uh, these precious folks that are coming to be with our our, our church family today. Um, the Freakies, if you haven't met them, Doug and Sherry and Jason, Maddie, have been coming here for I don't know about a year, and uh, they're here every Wednesday night. Doug is always the one that's sitting in the camp chair with Michael McKibben whenever they're on a youth trip uh, out there just doing nothing while, uh, you know, Sherry's the one that's like fixing compound fractures and things like that with the kids. Um, you all know Cindy and Brad Norris. Uh, Jesse and Sophia both been members of our church, went through confirmation and all that. You, do, you see Miko and, and Mayor running around with our children's group. and uh, But they have are officially joining us. All of these wonderful people are coming to be a part of the United Methodist Church from other denominations today. So I just ask all of you, will you be loyal to this church? Will you support it with your prayers and your presence and your gifts and your service and your witness? Yes. Welcome. After the benediction, I want to ask you to come and uh, say hello to them or meet them, whichever is the case may be. Will you stand now for our benediction? Our God, we thank you for the blessings that you give to us. As we leave this place, Lord, help us to hold tightly to you and to let go of all that holds us back. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.